Good I am to be so here. excited. Good to finally have you. Welcome everybody out there on Facebook. And tonight we have a Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll. I practiced that before we go live. <laughs> it's good to be here. He pr- he practiced this use too. I did. <laughs> And, and, and I'm never offended if somebody mispronounces my name because I'm used to it. Right? We, we get used to it. We get used to people. Um, and we just help them. But tonight is, is wonderful. We are out here. Um, we're going to talk about helping souls heal because that's what you're known for. You're on a mission. You've been given a mission from your higher power to use that. And I read a lot on your website before you come in for the podcast, the Mars Drop Talk. And I was like, wow, now I'm more excited to have you come in and share with our audience a little piece of you because it really feels like you are uh, an earth angel blessing others and your kindness, your wholesomeness all about you is very special. Well, thank so. you. That, that, that's a very nice in, uh, introduction. Um, you know, I was an emergency physician for 25 years in the ER, helping mm-hmm. people heal their physical bodies. And I had a lot of very spiritual experiences during that time, which I never spoke about. Mm. And only in the last couple of years have I started to share some of those spiritual experiences. And in the process, I see how it helps people heal their souls. Mm. And so... I now think of myself as a healer, perhaps even more than I did when I was practicing medicine yeah. in the ER. Yeah. Did you, do you find that the same way that you might have a patient come in in the ER, you feel like there's a lot of us in the ER not physically hurt, but we are in the ER right now with our souls, with uh, you know despair, hurt, and all of that. Do you feel like there's a lot of people in the ER walking around <laughs> There is a lot of people in the ER like that. And in fact, uh, I frequently encountered people who came in with a physical complaint. And then as you spoke to them, as you got to know them Mm -hmm. better, uh, there was a much deeper spiritual, Mm. psychological Mm -hmm. origin for their physical symptoms. Mm. Wow. Wow. Tell us that experience of being in the ER. You probably have seen a lot of people transitioning to the next world, right? I have, and in fact, uh, perhaps one of the ones that I've spoken about the most and one of the ones that I've shared uh, with friends uh, had to do with my friend Jeff Olson, whom you know. Yeah, yeah, he was here. He was on that table. And this is the reason why that's why we made that connection. That's why I wanted to speak to you when he shared part of his story, like you were one of his um, doctors that work on him. And I was like, wow. And I'm like, we actually Facebook friends. I need to come. I need to invite him to come in and be part of the, you know, our second episode. It's, it's just still going to uh, continue on the healing and motivation, motivating people and empowering people. And that's why I, I felt, uh, you know, inspired to have you come in and share a little piece of you and your, uh, your awesomeness to the audience. So tell us a little bit about that. How was it? What, what, what was special about Jeff? Well, it was 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on the last day of March, 1997. 
and Jeff Olson was uh, returning home from a trip. He was heading back to Davis County. He was in central Utah. He doesn't remember for certain, but he thinks he fell asleep at the wheel, mm. and uh, his car rolled over. Uh, and the accident took the life of his wife of 10 years and his 14-month-old son, Griffin, mm, Yeah, and uh, almost took Jeff's life. And uh, he was... Uh, extricated from the car, taken to a local hospital, and then flown to the trauma center in Salt Lake where I was on duty. Mm -hmm. And other physicians were taking care of Jeff. I had no responsibility for his medical care. But I walked into the trauma room, and when I came into the trauma room, Jeff was laying unconscious on the gurney, and above him in the air was his deceased wife observing his care, and she communicated with me. Wow. And that's how I met Jeff Olson. Yeah. And you know what? I... Like the the when I hear the story, when he tell me the story um, of how he was like back and forth in the other life and coming back to the bed, the 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 you know laying down and looking at his body, like feeling right. the pain in it when he's in his body, he thought he was like losing it because he said like there's no way I'm gonna share that story with people. They're not gonna believe me. But you kind of confirm and reaffirm to him that it's real because I actually saw your wife. That was like yes, it was real. And wow. And see when I when I met Jeff, he was unconscious. We couldn't speak to one mm -hmm. another, and I had no idea at the time what he was experiencing. Yes, before his physical body was even extricated from his from the vehicle he left his body and he rose up above mm -hmm. the scene of act of the accident and he encountered his wife Tamara his deceased wife mm -hmm. in the air mm -hmm. and she said you have to go back Jeff you have to raise our other son mm -hmm. his seven-year-old son mm -hmm. was in the car too and was essentially uninjured mm -hmm. and I but I didn't know any of that for a month until Jeff would was awake enough that I could actually talk with him. And then we, we shared the experiences that we each had with regards to his wife. He mm -hmm. was saying a profound goodbye just about the same time I was saying hello to Tamara, whom I'd never met in this life before. And we shared our stories and uh, helped each other heal in many ways. Wow. How does it, how do you, how do you share that story to people who probably take it for granted or who doesn't believe or who probably think, well, yeah, right, or whatever, or I don't believe that. Like, how how do you deal with that or how do you share it anyway? Well, I, I didn't share for over 20 years. Mm. And uh, Jeff Olson frequently invited me to come and speak with him because he was sharing his story. He's like, here is my... Yeah. <laughs> After about 10 years... He, he wrote his first book, and he was sharing yeah. his story, and he invited me repeatedly to come with him, and I persistently declined. It didn't feel like I, I – it just didn't feel right to me somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but finally, a couple of years ago, I just woke up one day, and somehow it felt okay to share. Mm. And so I started cautiously sharing my experience in some small circles, and my approach is I never – try and convince people mm. uh, to believe it. Yeah. I just share my experience. Yeah, that's I, what it is. That's I don't feel any like... obligation to defend it. Yes. And uh, if they like it, fine. And if they don't, that's fine too. That's fine. That doesn't change the, the truth, right? Right. <laughs> it's right. your experience. I love that. And um, what is your personal story? Do you have any personal story that has to do with, or, I mean, for 20 years... You probably can't even count how many people 
you know, that passed away on your table or, but do you have any, uh, any specific story, um, you know, growing up? I do actually. Having connection with the people on the other side of the veil. I, I, I didn't realize I had this connection for a long, a long time. In fact, until I started sharing in the last couple of years and people asked me this question that you've mm. just asked me. And, um, that was when I wa- started thinking about it. Why, why do I have these experiences? Because mm-hmm. I had many uh, mm-hmm. uh, experiences. I, I've actually seen souls leave their bodies at the time of death in the emergency wow. department. And I started pondering why I was having these experiences. And the thing that occurred to me was I thought it had something to do perhaps with my older brother. When I was 11 years old, my 15-year-old brother, Stan, died in a farm accident. Mm. And... Uh, I thought I went through it without much trauma. I I thought we moved along in life. Uh, But now looking back, I remember when I was uh, 16 years old, I was driving a car after dark on a narrow country lane, a windy road, 60 miles an hour, a Volkswagen bug with a couple of friends. And although there were seatbelts in the car, that was a time when nobody wore seatbelts. And uh, all of a sudden, this voice just kind of wrapped itself around my heart in this profound way and said, you need to slow down. And for some reason, I listened. Even in my rebellious teen years, this Mm. voice, there was something compelling about it. Mm. And uh, I slowed down and went around the corner and uh, met headlights that belonged to a Cadillac. And there was a lot of damage, but nobody was injured. And in retrospect, I think if I hadn't have slowed down, if I hadn't have listened to that voice, I might have died that night. Mm. And it was only much later thinking about the voice. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have listened to any authority figure. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'd have listened to God himself if he'd have been sitting in the seat next to me telling me to slow down because mm. I was in a rebellious teenage mm-hmm. phase of life. Showing off kind of thing. You think you're invincible. Right. <laughs> but there was one person I always listened to. And it was my older brother. And I think that's who spoke to me that night. Mm. And since then, he's come to me in much more profound ways where I've known it was him. And uh, I've experienced his presence. And I think he opened the door for many of the spiritual experiences I had in the emergency department. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So tell me, what is your mission now with all these experiences, with all the things that you know, you know to be true. How are you being? With, oh, we've been talking about be, <laughs> being yeah. before we started, yeah. we, before we uh, started life. Um, like, how do you contribute to the world because of this? Are you still practicing? Are you, where are you in life and how are you contributing to the world? I took a leave of absence from the emergency department a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't connect the things together at that time, but in retrospect, looking back now, I think it was when I stopped seeing patients that all of a sudden I had that change that felt like it was okay to start sharing. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the two things were maybe connected. Mm-hmm. And so I started sharing, and six months later, and I, and I started sharing in a very cautious way, I might add, mm-hmm. uh, with very few people initially. And, I, and six months later, I'd written my book, Not Yet. Mm. And I was in the airport getting ready to go to my first organized speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Holson had set it up for me. We were speaking together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in Salem, Massachusetts. 
And I said, Jeff, are you serious? It's taken me 20 years to admit that I see spirits. And you set up my first speaking engagement in Salem, Massachusetts. And he just laughed. He thought that was pretty funny. So there was this couple came and sat down next to me in the airport. And uh, they started talking to me. And they asked me where I was going and what I was going to be speaking about. And when this young woman heard what I was going to be speaking about, her face just lit up. And she, oh, wow. she, she goes my grandfather just died and he's come to me a couple of times Whoa. and it was like she just she had permission to say it because she knew she's she was like, talking to she's somebody like, okay, that understood. I can talk to someone that yeah. can understand finally they're right. not going to judge me that I'm crazy yeah and she took mm. a copy of my book and uh, she got on her plane and I got on my plane and headed to to Boston. And mind you, I'd been an emergency physician for 25 years by then. Mm -hmm. I estimated that I'd seen in excess of 60,000 patients. And wow. in, the, in the air between Salt Lake and Boston, Spirit spoke to my heart and said, you will help more people with this book than you helped as a physician in the emergency department. Mm. And so when you ask me, what is it I'm doing now? What is my, what is my contribution? What is my goal? Um, when I started sharing, I saw how it helped people heal, like that woman in the airport. Mm. And, uh, and I finally realized that my experiences couldn't help other people if I never shared them. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about that a lot here. Our experience is not our own. Yes. In it's fact, not. In fact, uh, one of my tutors, one of my messengers came to me just about six months ago and said to me, Every experience is to enable you to help someone else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. thought, I thought we experiences were for own, personal right? growth, <laughs> right? And then we can go help people if we want to. Mm -hmm. and, and my messenger said, no. no. The primary purpose of every experience is to enable you to help someone else. Mm -hmm. You get the secondary benefit of personal growth. Mm -hmm. And so that really tweaked my perspective yeah. a bit. That's where it I came... It gets us out of our comfort zone yeah. because we want to be comfortable. We want to save everything yeah. for us only. But when we think about it, it saves more people. We were, we were given some special gifts or special uh, you know, experience or, or special problem, not for us. Because the person who gave it to us know that we can overcome it. We can take it. So they give us a key to go and unlock problems, help others see themselves differently. Right. You know? And, and, and so in the context of getting that download, um, I crafted my personal mission statement, which is I exist to help souls heal. Mm. That's, I love that's why that. I'm here. I love that. Yeah. I love that you talk about from saving, from literally saving people uh, from the hospital bed, from the emergency room, to just like now saving them from their traumas uh, while they like walking dead, you know? Because we all have something we need to heal from. We all. I do not care do. who you are. We all have something we are struggling with, right? Absolutely. Can you tell me about the um, lunch with Jeff? Oh, what sure. is that? That sounds so good. I want to go to lunch with yeah. you. <laughs> so what I did was I, I started personally mentoring people, spiritual mentoring, because I kind of 
inadvertently found out as I was having lunch with some people talking about my book that as they spoke, I was able to discern their spiritual gifts. Mm. And sometimes they were gifts they weren't even aware of. Of course. And as, right? we, and as we visited, I helped them recognize it. And many of them had these tearful, life-changing moments where they yeah. realized, oh. They meet themselves. Yeah. That's what I call it. <laughs> and, and so... From that beginning, that that accidental uh, beginning, I started uh, mentoring people spiritually one-on-one, and I commenced uh, this Lunch with Jeff program where Mm -hmm. people can go on my website, they can fill out a form, uh, they can buy me lunch anywhere within an hour or so of Salt Lake, and uh, I'll give them two hours. Uh, I'll give them two hours of free spiritual mentoring for the cost of lunch. Wow, that is so, so special. I'm going to sign up. I've had some wonderful experiences. I'm going to that. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) I'll take you up on that. That and, And how does, like, what's the process of that? Do you just have conversation um, about themselves? Like you share stories and you you just like, how does that go? Like, I'm, I'm curious. All of the above. We start to visit. We start to chat. Sometimes I have mm-hmm. a little bit of information in advance because they fill out a form on mm-hmm. the, on the at website mm-hmm. that I look at. And I try to get spiritually connected and centered mm. on what they're interested in, what mm. they need, and so that I come prepared. And mm. um, I take it very seriously, and we chat that a bit. That is awesome. I get to know them a bit. I ask them some questions. They share some of their story. I share some of mine. And uh, and often I'll give them a, an assignment, a take-home assignment. Yeah. Wow, that is special. So you see, he, you really are an earth angel, like I tell you people listening, <laughs> go to his website and get, like, if you read the stories, like, you'll, you'll do that connection. It's that special thing about the way that your your website connect you with who you are, your experience, and your spirit. Like, I love that. I love that. We have two quotes that we're sharing today, which um, they are our quotes of the day. And then we're going to talk about, we're going to ask you a few questions like, uh, you know, what would you say to your younger self if you could go back and tell that person something, what would it be? While you think about that, let's just go and read our quote. We have one. Can you, can you get number one? What does it say? Uh, healing yourself is connected to healing others. Yeah, we've been talking that. About yeah. that all night, right? Yeah, so often when we're looking for our own answer, mm-hmm. the key often is to be someone else's answer. Mm-hmm. Someone else is praying for that. something. And yes. it's been amazing to me how many how often I've been sent on an errand to help someone else and in the process found my own Yes, answer. yes, yes. All of us at some point... Yeah, that happened. And that, in fact, is one of the assignments I have sometimes given to people that feel like they've never had a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. I'll tell them, what, when in the morning, when you're getting connected, whether it's through meditation or prayer or whatever your morning ritual is, mm-hmm. uh, ask this question, what can I do to serve someone else today? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. always have a spiritual experience. Yeah. When they approach that sincerely. Mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey actually had this ritual every day that she said she would say, use me, God, use yeah. me. So it's powerful when we just uh, throw it out there, not like 
stepping out in the world like we are the like we are we know it all we can do it all we uh when we just open open to receiving and being used as the hand of our higher power to go and help others yeah there is so such power in that and and it's not arrogance either Uh, you do know it all when you open yourself up and Mm -hmm. you tap in to Mm -hmm. the universe the source Mm -hmm. of all knowledge Mm -hmm. uh then you have access to that. Yes, yes, yes. When you open it, you get it, and you get all vulnerable and be uh, and ready to receive. Okay, so the other quote says, the past cannot be changed, forgotten, edited, or erased. It can be accepted. Right? Right. Yeah. I used to think that living in the present was a really nice cliche. <laughs> That, that had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it was a, it was a good way of not feeling bad about what you did earlier mm-hmm. in the day or uh, putting off what you have to do tomorrow. And yeah. I thought it was very cliched. And then I came to a realization one day: you can only experience spirit in the now. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You can only experience spirit in the now. I remember that. Yeah, you have to be present if you're going to have a divine experience. If you're going to have a connection. Has to be now. Yeah, it does. What is something you would tell people, like a simple routine, like one must do every day? One of one of the things that I share with clients or anyone um, who asks me is like that connection with nature. I like to stay barefoot, like in the grass or feeling the ground, feeling the dirt in my feet, or if it's raining, I go and get some drops on myself, on my face. Right to do that connection. Do you have any special routine or special thing that you do? I really like what you said because Mm -hmm. I grew up in a rural community Mm -hmm. and we had hay fields around us. We had a huge garden. We had livestock Mm -hmm. and you understood where things came from. You knew where your food came from. You you saw it over a period of months. You planted it and you harvested it and you have a different connection about that gratitude for the earth, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But I live in the city now. I I can still do some of those things, but not to the same degree. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think some really key things for the morning routine. And I've heard Tiffany Peterson, a friend, a mutual yeah, friend. We, whom we I love, love Tiffany. And, Tiffany's been yeah. here on that very yeah. table. <laughs> and she has a morning routine she shares and it resonates with me. And mm-hmm. it has to do with taking some time to get connected, yes. taking some time for some physical activity mm-hmm. of some kind, yep. at, at least walking or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for me, a lot of times it's about getting my errand for the day. Mm. What is this day for? How can, very much like you said about Oprah, it's very much like, how mm-hmm. can I be used today? What yes. can I do mm-hmm. to serve somebody else today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, had an, I had one experience once. You'll get a kick out of this. I asked that question one morning. I said, what, what can I do today? What should I do? And the message came back, be kind. And I thought, oh, really? Can't you, <laughs> can't you do better than that? You know, <laughs> that's, too, that's too simple. Here's the catch, though. I was putting my kids in the car to go on a vacation. Uh-huh. And I have five children. My wife and I celebrated our 33rd wedding anniversary last week. Ah, happy anniversary. And, you and your uh, wife. So we're in the car. The kids are screaming. And uh, I'm pulling my hair out. I still had hair then. And... Uh, 
I kept hearing this resonate in my head through the day, be kind, be kind. And I wanted to That's yell the at message. the kids and, and I just <laughs> let it roll off my back and I, and I tried to be kind to my kids. And at the end of the day, I had this profound thought run through my head. Wouldn't it be a shame if you spent all this time and effort to have a quality experience with your children and the one thing they walked away with was, dad got mad and yelled at us today. <laughs> And I was so grateful for that simple message I thought was too small in the morning. Yeah, like, really? And by the end of the day, I thought, was simple. be kind. That- yeah. And sometimes the, we think that the message needs to be so huge or so big. Like, we need to be seeing a big angel or something like that telling us, like, a whole big book of message. When that's not what it is. Sometimes it's very simple sample like I like with my story I have a very complicated story like from every area in my life and in my relationship I feel like there were days that when I quiet my mind and trying to listen it's as simple as maybe give my husband a call instead of like rush text yep it can just be okay just call him on the phone yep and I did one day and he said, I actually thought there was an emergency because you, we barely like really get on a phone call. Like we would maybe FaceTime, not FaceTime, but uh, do like the Marco Polo thing or text fast. But I call him and he texts me after and say, I really appreciated listening to your voice live and you called me and that made my day. You know, it's that simple. The small That's things simple. are the big things. Yeah. And, and and Mother Teresa told us if you want to change the world is get in like look around our family and see who we can serve. Start inside our family. Is that simple? It doesn't have to be this huge thing that we need to do that gets us followers or views or things like that or go viral. It can be really simple. Yeah, and one thing we forget too, uh, some things that are really big. Mm-hmm. are only big because they're the small thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We get put on like little errands that are like very important, you know, not, not big, but very important. I love that. I love having you over, but let's talk about what would you say to yourself? What would you say to your younger self if you could go back? You know, I had a conversation just about this very thing just a few days ago. And the person I was talking to was was kind of beating up on themselves about their younger self. Mm. And, and the message that came to me that I shared with her was, uh, don't beat up on your younger self. Because if you really believe in the path, what you did, what you went through, what you experienced is what made you are who you are today. Mm. I um, like that. Right? Yeah. You, your younger self is what got you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so I say, give yourself a break. And in fact, I have a daily journal that I've kept for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And a few months ago, I pulled it out for the first time and read it, the whole thing. And I was always beating up on myself about, oh, you slept in too late. You ate too much. You didn't mm-hmm. exercise enough. You yeah, didn't, all the little things on. that we focus. This, yeah. this is what we talk. I talked about this one. It was seeking so much of it. We forget to just, yeah. just relax and attract things. And, and, the, and the, the, the message that came to me over and over again as I was reading that journal, and this is the message I would give to my younger self, lighten up, mm. take a breath, enjoy. 
Choose the joy, like Jeff would say. <laughs> Jeff yeah. Olson, choose joy. Yeah, uh, we joke about. Uh, my wife doesn't have any of my quotes hanging in our on our wall, but she has. <laughs> but she has Jeff Old, uh, Jeff Olson's quote, "Choose joy" on the wall. That's my right? husband. My husband used that in his backdrop wall. Like if you go on his Facebook, that's what you're gonna see. You're gonna see "Choose joy," Jeff Olson. That's the same. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> but but oh boy, that makes a difference when we actually do choose joy. Oh, it's just so that simple. And here's the thing. God, your higher power, that's what they want. It's not that complicated. No, it's not complicated at all. They just want us to be happy. When I became a grandfather, it really helped my relationship with my maker. Mm. Because when I look at my grandchildren, I see perfection. And yes. not in some syrupy sort of grandparent way. Mm-hmm. I look at them and I recognize that they're perfect. They're not capable of doing things that are wrong. There's mm-hmm. nothing for them to feel guilty about. And I think that's how our maker, our creator looks at us. Yes. And he's, he's, not, he's, he's not mad. He's no. just saying, hey, you're just learning. It's okay. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Yes. If you have any question, I know that some of you are live on Facebook. If you have any question for, for Jeff... Please comment, and he's right here. He's not going anywhere. He can answer you. If you have any question about his experience at the ER, if you have any uh, question about healing or anything, just ask. He's here. Um, He is listening, and he'll be answering you. So now the mic is yours to drop some truth in the universe. You know, here at the Mars Drop Talk, Talk, we drop truth. We drop healing. We drop things out in the universe for people to catch, for anybody who needs it to catch it and use it. So anything from deep inside your heart that you want to just share and, you know, that's very important for you to let out there for people to know. You know, I told you about lunch with Jeff and my personal spiritual mentoring. And I also speak sometimes to large groups as well. Mm-hmm. And I take this very seriously. I, I ponder about it. I pray about it. I'm a prayerful guy. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm praying while I'm running. Sometimes while, while I'm <laughs> on my bike. Sometimes <laughs> when I'm kneeling at my bed in a very traditional way. And uh, sometimes I fast about these things mm-hmm. as well. And I was fasting and praying about my message to deliver to a group on one occasion. And Spirit spoke to me very clearly and very quickly and said three things. Tell them they're enough. Mm. Tell them they're divine. Mm-hmm. Tell them I love them. Mm-hmm. And I like that. that message resonates with me very frequently when I'm preparing to speak to a group or to an individual. I often, that message comes to me. And I, somebody told me, a, a, a very accomplished public speaker told me about tailoring the message to the people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and making your message draw the largest, the larger audience. Mm-hmm. And, and I was pondering about that. I was thinking, how can I modify or manage the message to, to make it appeal to a greater audience? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the message that came to me was, I already gave you the message. Yeah. I'll bring you the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So this is what I talk about all the time. When you are yourself, you do exactly what you're supposed to do. You're not chasing anything. Everything will come in naturally. You know, everything will come in naturally. And 
the message we have to offer, there are people out in the world who want to listen to it, okay? We don't have to have everybody, but everybody who needs it will come and have it. Yeah. That's how it goes. That's I, how it goes. I, I posted a message today on Facebook about mm-hmm. present perfection, which sounds kind of like an oxymoron. It sounds <laughs> like it's impossible because mm. everybody's working toward perfection, right? Mm-hmm. They're on this path, this cause and effect linear path to try and get to perfection, and they don't realize that they're already perfect mm-hmm. because they have a wrong conception about perfection. There's this notion that when you're perfect, you, everything's great and you never change. And Yeah, right? there's no problem. Right. Mm. And, but the way I understand it, the, this is the way I think about it. If you connect today and you get your errand from heaven or wherever you get it from mm-hmm. and you go and do that thing, you've filled the measure of your creation in this day and you are perfect in this day. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't prevent you from learning something new tomorrow. It doesn't mm-hmm. prevent you from being a different person a week or a month from now. Mm-hmm. But being a better or a different uh, person or learning something new a month from now doesn't diminish from your perfection today. I like that. Yeah. We, we just need to be. Yeah. And, and, and when we let ourselves just be in the present, mm-hmm. then we are greatest service to others. That is, that's great. I mean, you know, some of my stories, I struggle with that. A lot, like with my dad, for example, and I shared recently how, you know, I had to use my voice and I had to not be angry anymore to get to a point where I'm at peace and I want to, I want to have him have a little piece of who I am, who I become as his, um, you know, biological daughter. And, but sometimes I f- still feel that guilt. I still, you still go to like, what if, why didn't this go that way instead? Or what if he was here? What is if he was around and the kids had, um, you know, grandpa to play with? Uh, you know, you, you go into this like, what if, like, why, did, was it, why wasn't it this way instead? So why would you say to someone like me, who always go back to this, even if you do have the forgiveness, even if you do have that healing process, even if you do have, um, you do have, you know, you do get to, uh, you, you overcome some of the traumas, but how do you really completely let go of those, you know, I'm not enough, what if things, or I'm not special enough, this is why this happened to me, or I miss out on things, you know, like Father's Days or things like that. I, you may know, uh, I'm a sculptor. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if people go on my website, they'll see one of my bronze sculptures on there that's featured on my website. And this is the way I think of it as a sculptor. When I get ready to sculpt something, I conceive it first in my mind. Mm. And before I even start sculpting it, it's perfect in my mind. But that doesn't prevent me from sculpting it in clay. Mm. And when I sculpt it in clay, when I get it exactly the way I want it, when it's perfect in clay, Mm -hmm. I still cast it in bronze. But the fact that I cast it in bronze shouldn't suggest that it wasn't perfect in clay. Because these, these aren't steps in becoming perfect. These are states of being perfect. And that's how we should think about ourselves. Um, 
we're becoming something, of course. We're moving along a path, yes, of course. But we can be perfect in our life today just by being us. Mm -hmm. And are we going to have emotions? Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm my most human self driving a car on the freeway when somebody cuts me off. That, mm -hmm. that, that, right. <laughs> I, that does not rank among my divine uh, mm -hmm. moments. Uh, but that doesn't bother me anymore because I know who I am. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things we forget is that we're here on earth to be human. We're here to be human, yes. And it's okay to be human. That's why we're here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I get mad at myself sometimes when things like that happen. I'm like, why can't I just forget about this? Why can't I just, you know, move forward? Why can't I just get over it, you know? Well, the other but thing we, we have to remember is mortality is for mistakes. Mm. If we were going to do everything perfect, there'd be no purpose. Mm-hmm. So we, like we ought not to beat ourselves up when we have a misstep, when we mm. do something that we think we could have done better. That's why we're here. That's yeah. the experience, right? Yeah, I like that. I really like that. I need to, you know, implement that and relax and, and remember that I am human, you know? And humanity, being human includes emotions. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's okay to be angry sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be sad sometimes. It's okay to be jealous sometimes. Because mm -hmm. um, we are human. We yeah. are going to overcome these. And, and I feel like when we are aware of it, that's when we are on our path to healing. Exactly. Being exactly. aware of it. Because I am aware of it. Like, you know, when it happens, I'm like, oh, Marge, like, you know, you take a deep breath and realize it, getting into that awareness state. Right. That's all you need. Yeah. It's not going to just erase itself. Right. And, when, and when we truly learn to love, mm -hmm. when we really learn to experience love, for me, it means oneness. Mm, oneness. It, I love that. Whether it's oneness with God. Oneness. Oneness with another person. Mm -hmm. Oneness with our spouse, with our children. Whether we're giving love or receiving it, when it's ex experienced in its sublime nature, it's mm -hmm. about oneness. It's about seeing people with perfect empathy and having no judgment of their path. Wow. Perfect empathy and no judgment of their past. Like that. That's that not is easy. Wonderful. But, it's uh, not. But it's profound uh, when <laughs> it's it happens. It's not. Sometimes I, you know that little song that little kids sing, I'm trying to be like Jesus, but... I keep being Marge, and I keep opening my mouth too soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so good to have you here. So good. And our last question each time is always, what is your... I think we've been talking about that all night, all, you know, during the, the whole podcast, but what is your own definition of love? If you had to redefine the word love, what would you put in there? I would reiterate what I just said. Yeah. Love is oneness. Love is oneness, yes. Did you hear that, everybody? Love is oneness. Thank you so much for sitting with us. That was a wonderful 30-something minute conversation. Again, we will have uh, a Dr. O... O'Driscoll. Driscoll. O'Driscoll. Um, we will have his information on the link and the podcast, all the podcasts, uh, 
um, links. You can listen to this podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, and we will have it on Facebook right here. And it was so good to have you and sit with you. I need. I'm gonna link all of your books and your websites. And you guys can go and maybe if you're in here, get into the lunch with Jeff and take advantage. I have had of people that. fly in from out of state. Right? Okay. <laughs> you just heard that. If you're out of state, <laughs> that is something that is worth traveling for. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Right when, right when we're off here, I'm going to uh, sign up because, yeah, that would be such an honor. I will do it. And then. It'll be awesome. Well, it's been an honor to be with you. Yeah, it's fun. It's amazing. I love having people. You know, sometimes people just need to listen to a different perspective to get them unstuck. And I'm all about helping souls bloom and helping people, uh, you know, you know find I, and meet themselves. Can I say something about perspective? Yeah. Do, we, do we have enough time? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, my friend Jeff Olson... Uh, was a and those of you who know his story, you can read it in his book. Mm-hmm, you can st- mm-hmm. if you don't know it. Uh, he was a normal, flawed, errant human being mm-hmm. driving a car with his family. And a moment later, he was in the arms of a divine being, being told that he was perfect and that there was nothing to forgive. Mm-hmm. Right. And I pondered that for a long time. What happened in that moment between him being what we would think of as an errant, sinful human, mm. the way we always talk about ourselves, right? and him being a divine being in the presence of a right. divine... Right, at the, the right. other second. What happened in that moment? And after I pondered it for the longest time, it finally dawned on me. The only thing that changed was his perspective. Mm. He was viewing himself with his mortal eyes mm-hmm. through that filter... And when he was out of his body, he viewed himself with his divine eyes without judgment. Mm-hmm. And it was his perspective that changed. So, yes, having a different perspective is a profound it thing. It it all. It does. It does. And that's why people's stories are powerful and can change other, other people's lives. And that's why our own stories, your story is not yours and my story is not mine. Yes, I realized <laughs> that. For a long time, I thought these experiences were too sacred to talk about. You know, when you see somebody, literally, when you see their soul leave their body and mm-hmm. they communicate you with you before they leave this realm. That is I, so deep. I thought, I can't talk about that. And, and for 20 years, I didn't talk about it. And then as I started to share, I realized You're not the these only experiences one. aren't just for me. Mm-hmm. Some, the Part of the purpose for many of my experiences is to help other people. And, and they, I can't help them if I don't share. Yes. Wow. This is wonderful. I could, you and Jeff, I could just have like lunch, dinner, breakfast, all of it. That's how our relationship started. Our our relationship started 22 years ago having lunch with Jeff. We'd get together. We'd have three or four hour conversations frequently for, uh, for a year. Uh, and, and I would, I'd had some experiences. I'd been in some real dark places. I'd had some real mm-hmm. uh, spiritual experiences. And when he came to me and he started to share some of his experiences and some of the consternation he had mm-hmm. uh, about how it fit with his belief system, I realized I know the answers to his questions. I can help him. Mm. And then I was so grateful for the pain and the difficulty I'd been through uh, for a few years because it, it enabled me to help him. Mm, wow. So the lunch with Jeff thing goes way back to <laughs> way back to that. 
oh, this is amazing. Like I could, I could stay here all night and listening. I mean, it just, it just like nourish your soul and get you into this higher power kind of thing. You know, right. when you talk about spiritual and healing and um, that wholeness that we've been talking about, it's just, you know, it just like make you have a different shift your focus a little bit that what matters it really love is really love and peace and that's what really matters you know yeah i i go home i come home from some of those experiences my lunch with jeff experiences i come home my wife will ask me she goes how how was lunch and i'll say i don't know what what's coming in the future but i know i have to keep doing this this is such a profoundly wonderful mm. spiritual experience. I have to keep doing it. I'm excited for mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. That was the Mars Drop Talk. Thank you for letting us uh, talk your ears off today, but with some awesome, amazing, juicy stuff that we all need, that the world need. We need to hear um, a message of the message of healing as much as we can. We cannot get enough of that. We will not get enough of that. So thank you so much for joining us. Please keep commenting. Ask Jeff any questions. He'll go back and watch uh, this live. It'll be on the podcast everywhere on the Mars Drop Talk. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you so much. Have a wonderful week and Monday. Bye. Bye-bye.